0: Gave you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to John chapter ten, verse ten, and then first Corinthians sixteen, verse nine, and then Revelation chapter twelve of verse ten. John 10, 10, 1 Corinthians sixteen nine, and Revelation twelve, ten. We're going to examine how the enemy attacks the people of God. How the enemy comes against the people of God. John ten. 10 when you're there, shout Amen. The thief, everybody say the thief, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. 1 Corinthians sixteen nine. For a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. Underline those words. There are many adversaries adversaries revelation 12 verse 10 then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down verse 11 and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 through 12, we learn about true spiritual warfare. We learn there is a spirit world unseen by the natural eye That is just as real as the natural world we live in. As children of God, we come under attack by a real adversary who hates righteousness and the God we love and serve. The Apostle Paul compares this struggle to an Olympic wrestling match. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, he says, We wrestle not against principalities for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Many of God's people are under a direct assault of Satan. I have messages from people around the world. I'm telling you from different nations, from this nation, from other states, from this city, Asking for prayer because they are involved in a spiritual battle. If we took the time to go from family to family today, many of you would tell of how the enemies come against you, how the enemies assaulted you, how the enemy has attacked you. But I haven't come today to lift up the enemy. Sometimes we talk about the devil as if he had more power than God. I've come to tell you that the God we serve is all-powerful. And the enemy that comes against us is not all powerful. He's powerful, but we have the victory through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan seeks to keep you from the effective door God has designed for you. He disrupts, he delays, and he attempts to deny you God's best in your life. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He is a destroyer. He longs to take your joy and to bring you into a place of bondage. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We're not called to be overcome, but we're called to be overcomers. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit to be overcomers. How do we overcome the enemy who seeks to bring destruction into our families, into our churches, and into our city? When we fail to make the word of God a priority in our personal life and in our family life, we become a prey for the one who destroys. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We must not be ignorant of his cunning schemes. In 2 Timothy 2, 4, we learn we are soldiers of the cross in the army of God. As soldiers at war, we should always be alert for the enemy's attacks. He comes unexpectedly, he comes unannounced, and he comes without notice. He assaults our minds, he assaults our bodies, and he attacks our emotions. Don't be surprised when you are attacked because the word of God says in 2 Timothy 3:12, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Psalms 34:19 says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So we're not immune to his attacks and strategies against us. But we have a source of overcoming power available to cause us to triumph over every attack. Throughout the scriptures, the Lord uses natural things to illustrate spiritual lessons. In the natural realm, a soldier is trained for warfare. When a soldier is inducted into the service, he or she gets a haircut. They take your clothes away from you and give you a uniform. And then they place you into basic training. That soldier's then indoctrinated with the logistics of battle. I remember some years ago, the, one of the men that worked on the copy machine of the church I was pastoring at the time, he would come and work on our copy machine, and, and uh, I would talk to him, and he was an airborne ranger. And I asked him about questions about jumping out of an airplane and were you afraid? He said, They so indoctrinated us, he said, we would have jumped out of that airplane without a parachute. See, they can't afford for that soldier to be overcome with fear in the midst of the battle. So a soldier is trained. And God uses natural things to teach us spiritual lessons. The soldier's then indoctrinated with the logistics of battle. He learns the strategy and how to implement the battle. They train to operate their weapons. They become so familiar with their weapons that they can take it apart and put it back together while blindfolded. They're trained to be alert, to know their surroundings, To know by watching certain conditions when an attack is imminent. They're taught to be aware of their surroundings and to use recognizance and intelligence to let them know when an attack or an ambush is near. They're taught that unity and cooperation are imperative if they are to prevail in battle. They're subject to be called up at any hour without notice. They drill extensively and they train with live ammunition in order to be ready for the enemy. A soldier is trained to detect where landmines are located. No soldier walks around indiscriminately. They just don't go anywhere they want to go. A soldier doesn't just get out of a vehicle and put his foot anywhere. They must be alert. They must be aware of what's happening around them and how they're surrounded. You and I must be alert and on guard against the assaults of the enemy. These attacks can come without any warning. Many times when you're under an attack of the enemy, your personality will change. You'll feel bad for no apparent reason. You just won't be able to put your finger on it. And we blame it on everything but the devil. We make excuses. I'm tired or this is just a cycle of life or this is just something I'm going through. Or the weather is making us feel depressed. Anybody ever been depressed over the weather? When things happen to us to affect us spiritually, we need to determine, is this from the Lord, is this from the devil, or is this natural? What are the symptoms of an attack of the enemy? How do I know that I'm under a demonic assault from the enemy? Well, there are two ways to determine an attack of the enemy. Number one, you lose your hunger for the things of God. Your spiritual hunger diminishes. Have you ever been sick? Anybody remember when you were younger and you would get sick at your stomach or something would happen and you wouldn't be able to eat? I mean, the first thing that your mother tried to do was to get you to eat. You repulsed by food. You don't want to look at food and you need to eat. You need to eat. Now in my house, we used to go get my Mimi's soup, best soup on the planet. I don't like soup. I'm not a soup person, but we we ate Mimi's soup. Why did they try to get you to eat something? Because if you don't eat, you don't regain your strength. So what they know is, is that even though you're sick, even though you're weak, you still need to eat something because unless you eat something, you're not going to get better. How do I know that I'm under an attack of the enemy? My spiritual hunger begins to diminish. You don't hunger after God's word like you used to. Anointing preaching of the word and teaching of the word don't excite you like it used to. You don't feel like praying or you don't desire to worship. Worship doesn't excite you anymore. There was a time in your life when you hungered and you thirsted for the things of God. But now you just can't seem to get interested. We blame ourselves and we make excuses saying, I'm not as spiritual as others. But the truth is we are under attack from the enemy. What do we do? We withstand him and stand up and rebuke him. Otherwise, you're going to continue to be under attack and pressed down and oppressed by the enemy. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The second thing is you begin to lose your strength. You stop participating in worship. You lose your praise and consequently you lose your joy. That's why the enemy does not want you to be joyful. Joyful. You say, well, pastor, you don't understand my circumstances. Circumstances have to do with being happy. Joy comes not from the outside. Joy comes from my relationship with God. That's why the enemy attacks you and oppresses you and pushes you down and pushes you away because he don't want you to have the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Your strength begins to diminish. So this morning, let me talk to you very quickly about three things or three signs of an attack of the enemy, a satanic, demonic attack coming against you. First of all is regression, regression. To regress means to go backwards. When a believer stops pushing forward in faith and gradually goes backwards, you get into regression. When a believer begins to regress, they're in trouble. See, you were made for progress. Ephesians 4.15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. God created us to advance in faith. The believer was created by God to advance. You're designed by God for forward movement. Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The believer is like a ship. Have you ever noticed a large ocean-going ship? That ship is made with a V-hole. The v hull is sharp and it's high. It's designed that way so it can cut through the waves and make a path through the water. See, that ship was created to withstand the waves of the sea. It was designed to go forward. It was designed to cut through the waves, withstand the storms and the windy conditions it encounters on the high seas. A ship is not built to stand still. It was not designed to stay in the harbor. Ship is built for the high seas to sail the oceans. God built you for the high seas. And all along this journey of faith, you're going to encounter the fierce winds and the sudden storms that come up in the sea of life. All through your Christian experience, you will encounter troubles, trials, and adversities. You say, well, I thought if I came to Jesus... I would never have any problems. Hallelujah. All through your Christian life, you're going to encounter trials. Jesus said in John 16:33, "These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, and in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world." Paul wrote these words in Second Timothy 3:12, "Yes, and all who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All who live godly in Christ Jesus." Will suffer persecution. In this life of faith, you're going to meet the devil. You're going to face opposition and persecution from people and encounter demonically designed distractions. Regression. Second is repression. That means to hold back, to restrain, or to suppress. To suppress means to squeeze and to prevent expression. The enemy wants to shut down your expression. God created you with the ability to express yourself. And I believe the Lord desires exuberant forms of expression. He desires praise and worship that is expressive, alive, and vibrant. Some years ago, I went on a missions trip to the island of Haiti. Haiti's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Yet, I found their churches to be alive with their praise and worship, vibrant praise and expression. I experienced the same thing in Guatemala, Nicaragua, Mexico, all countries that are very poor. I also experienced that in Panama. Panama is different than any other place I've ever been. They have such an expression in their worship. When a people is repressing an expression that is a good, healthy expression, they are most likely under the influence of a strong man. God made us to express ourselves. One way we express ourselves is with our eyes. I can tell at home when I say something wrong just by looking at my wife's eyes. Your eyes can talk for you. God wants your eyes to be bright. He wants your eyes to communicate and he's created your eyes to have a glow and a sparkle. A child has expression. They have excitement in their eyes. They're expressive, they're inquisitive. Your eyes tell your story. When a person is on fire for God, their eyes will dance with expression. When a child loses the expression in their eyes, That's a good sign that that child is under suppression. Suppression can come in many different forms. In a marriage, one of the spouses can suppress suppress the expression of the other spouse. A parent can suppress the expression of their child. Churches can lose their expression. When a church grows quiet in worship and loses expression, that congregation is under satanic attack. When a church is under repression, the body of believers must rise up in faith Shake off the heavy bands created by the devil. And praise the Lord until he comes with a breakthrough. Our God is the God of the breakthrough. You say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't like when the church becomes expressive in their worship. I like it better when it's quiet. And I believe there are times we need to be quiet, be still, and know that I'm God. You say, I just don't care for all that noisy expression. Well, listen, heaven is going to be a very expressive place. It will be alive with praise the living creature and the seraphim cry out holy 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 is the lord god almighty the four and twenty elders are bowing in the presence of the lord and casting down their crowns the angels are singing and rejoicing revelation 5 12 through 13 reveals there's a numberless multitude crying out with loud voices in praise and honor unto him You and I are destined to stand with that numberless multitude in praise and worship before the throne of God. Psalms 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. My last point is this, it is suppression. Suppression, the enemy comes to suppress us. To suppress means to keep back, to hold back, to subdue or to crush. Satan desires to crush your spirit, to suppress your worship intimidate you in order to keep you from realizing God's highest will and purpose in your life the enemy seeks to keep you from hearing and understanding God's word he suppresses God's word in order to cut off your lifeline God's word is life Jesus taught us in John six sixty it is the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life Philippians 2.16 reveals the word as the word of life. Hebrews 4.12 says the word is living and active. First Peter 1 Peter 1.23 teaches the word is a source of new life. The enemy's desire is to squeeze you to suppress your hearing. What is the spirit saying to the church? He's saying rise up, shake off the heavy bands of oppression, and go forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Luke 10.19, behold... I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Stand with me.